It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hey guys, this is Jace Young. The Road to Detroit podcast starts now. Here's your host, Dan Hasty. Now is the time. Now is the time. <laughs> oh, baby. Big week. Big, big week. Big week on this show. It's Jace Young week. Big week for the Tigers. The MLB trade deadline. And because it is the trade deadline, it reminds us of a few basic principles for this time of year. There's a couple things that if any major league team does or any rules that they follow, odds are they're going to maximize their return. Whether you're adding pieces, trying to make a playoff run, whether you're trying to collect prospect assets to your organization, doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on. If you follow a few basic principles you will almost always come out well in any deal you make. The most important might have everything to do with timing. Strike when teams are desperate. You know when teams are desperate? At the MLB trade deadline. Nobody is desperate in December. Nobody is aching for a missing piece when... There are options in trade and options in free agency. Anyone who tells you that a deal can wait until the offseason is ill-informed. There are too many options on the table in a given offseason. There is nothing more valuable than a playoff run. Now is the time. If you think you're going to trade someone a year from now, Don't wait. Do it now. Another thing you should do, wait right up until the deadline. No need to make it sooner than you have to. Odds are, if a team wants somebody a month ago, they'll still have interest now. And if they move on, so be it. Somebody else will need someone. It's a very fluid game. Dynamics change. Players struggle. Players get hurt. Stocks go up, stocks go down. Make time your friend. Tigers did it a couple of years ago with Nick Castellanos. They ended up with Alex Lang. Last year, Tigers did it with Daniel Norris. They got Reese Olsen. (laughs) And they also have Daniel Norris again. (laughs) He re-signed on a minor league deal. So wait right until the deadline. Do yourself that favor and let time be your friend. And last but not least, do not settle. 
only walk away when you feel like you have the deal you wanted from the very beginning. I think about the trade made between the Cincinnati Reds and the Seattle Mariners. Luis Castillo, who actually faced the Tigers minor league team earlier this year, he faced West Michigan back in late April. Castillo went to Seattle, and Seattle gave up quite a bit. Gave up three of their top five prospects, including a couple of very highly coveted shortstops. And I found myself realizing that I was actually envious of both sides of that trade. I was envious of Seattle. They got to add a frontline starter to a rotation. And frontline starters are so ridiculously hard to find. So I'm envious. I'm envious of Seattle for being able to add a frontline starter. I'm also envious of Cincinnati for getting a very significant return. Cincinnati just became a top five farm system in Major League Baseball. And at what cost? They gave away one player. And I know that they've given away a number of other players. Some of the Tigers have. Tucker Barnhart, for example. But for one player, they were able to add three top 10 prospects to their system. That changes the entire dynamic. By the way, they've got like nine shortstops. I don't know how they're going to figure this out. I think they'll be okay. I, I think they'll be fine. If nothing else, you probably have your shortstop, your second baseman, your third baseman of the future. You probably have it all sitting right there. It's a good problem to have. You can figure it out. That brings us to the Tigers. There is a significant chance that Detroit makes some type of move or potentially multiple moves towards the trade deadline. Last year, there was only one move. Could they be working on multiple moves this year? Could Detroit find something similar to what Cincinnati found? I'm pretty sure that any team looking to add minor league assets is pointing to that Luis Castillo trade this week. You want a big piece? Here's the return. Same thing they got. So in that way, shout out to you, Cincinnati. You know we're locked in. You know we'll be ready. We had to drop an emergency RTD after the selections of Jace Young and Peyton Graham on night one of the MLB draft. We will be locked in in case anything happens at the MLB trade deadline. Might have to throw in another emergency RTD. It's a big week for the Tigers. Many different directions they could go. And it's a big week here on the RTD. My name is Dan Hasty. Our producer is Nate Wangler. Thanks for locking in here on episode eight of season three of The Road to Detroit. Coming up this week on the show, it's Jace Young Week, baby. We got Jace on the show. The Tigers' number one draft pick from this year's draft could be a fast mover through the Tigers system. He is currently down in Lakeland. We caught up with him last night. He's currently down in Lakeland, and he will join us coming up in just a few moments. I've been so pumped to have Jace Young on this program. He had me from the moment he told the reporters, if there was a wall in front of me, I would have ran through it. That's the kind of energy this show has always embraced. Did you know he used to room with Peyton Graham? Summer collegiate baseball out in California. They played together in Santa Barbara, and now they find themselves as roommates once again. Because we had Jace on the show, we asked him for one Peyton Graham story. I'm not going to give away too much. You're going to have to listen. It comes up a little bit later here in the show. But 
I can tell you what it involves. It involves grandmothers and flipping the bird. (laughs) This is the only place you're going to hear about angry grandmothers. Jace Young will explain what that means coming up in just a little bit. For now, let's hit the on-ramp. To the Complex League. I feel like Monty Python, kind of like moving up the hill, clanking things together. The FCL Tigers finished the week 2-2 and after splitting with the Florida Complex League Phillies and Yankees. Yankees are one of only three teams in that league. Believe it or not. (laughs) The weekly standouts, Abel Bastidas had another good week. He's the Tigers' number 18 prospect on MLB.com. Was signed as an international free agent back in mid-January of last year out of Venezuela. He's hit safely in two out of three games. He continues to hit. Everybody said that this was a guy who had a really advanced glove. The bat was going to take some time. It's turned out that the bat has really not taken that long. Adinso Reyes, he was signed a couple of years earlier. He had a home run at a couple of runs batted in. So some decent showings in the complex league. Let's go to Low A Lakeland. The Flying Tigers won just two out of six against Bradenton this past week. So they were two and four. Isaac Pacheco, he is slowly working his way into becoming a top five Tigers prospect. He was a second round pick last year. It's good to see him hold that space pretty much since he's been drafted. He hasn't slid down any rankings or anything like that. He has slowly put together a solid season. He actually hit safely in all but two games in the month of July. Also put together a four-game hitting streak with a couple of RBIs and a pair of runs scored. In the month of July, he ended up hitting 280, a home run, seven RBIs, six doubles. That's a big ballpark down there in Lakeland. They're getting very used to those Comerica Park dimensions down in Class A. Between Lakeland and West Michigan, a lot of hard-hit balls end up as doubles. And the good thing is that doubles indicate how hard you're hitting the baseball. The more doubles you have, the more authority you're hitting the baseball with. So, Doubles play anywhere. So it's good to see Isaac Pacheco racking up the doubles down in low A. Another prospect, Dylan Smith. Well, he's been a little bit banged up the last month, month and a half or so. Tigers number seven prospect, third rounder last year, began a rehab assignment on Friday. He went two scoreless innings, gave up just one hit, didn't walk anybody, and struck out a pair. Meanwhile, Christian Santana is turning very slowly more and more interesting. He's the Tigers' number three prospect for MLB Pipeline. He finished the week with a double, a home run, and six runs scored. The government does not want you to know that Christian Santana has a 400 on base percentage in the month of July. He hit 273 with a pair of doubles and two home runs. Let's go to High A West Michigan. The Whitecaps, they split six games against the Dayton Dragons. Well, it's nice to play Dayton right now before they get all that help from the trade they just made. We were just talking about that a moment ago. They have not lost a series since dropping four out of six to the Dragons at the end of May. So we're talking about two full months where West Michigan has not lost a series. Whitecaps currently sit in first place in the Midwest League Eastern Division, second half with a 21-9 record through the week that was. They hold a four-game lead over Lake County. That's the Cleveland Guardians' high-A affiliate for the second-half crown. You've got to win a division to make the postseason based on the structure of the postseason this year. Brant Herter, he just continues to shove. He's the Tigers' number 28 prospect. You know, he kind of reminds me of another big lefty who was sitting at the very back end of the Tigers' top 30 back in 2017, and that was a young man by the name of Greg Soto. 
And Soto, of course, throws a fastball in triple digits. But the numbers have been every bit as good for Herter as they were for Soto back in 2017. And what's even more impressive is that at that big stature, 6'6", 250 pounds, he throws with an unusual amount of command given his size. Usually bigger guys have a tough time repeating their delivery. It's really not been a problem for Brant Herter. He has yet to miss a single on-ramp this season. Nice pull by our producer, Nate Wangler. He allowed just one run through five and a third innings with eight strikeouts, tied the single-game high for a Whitecaps pitcher this season. You know, Ty Madden was the pitcher of the month for the Detroit Tigers back in June. Brant Herter has to be the leader in the clubhouse, to be the minor league pitcher of the month for July. 4-0, his ERA was 1.01, had 31 strikeouts to just five walks and 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. But I think about Greg Soto, and I know that might be a lot to put on somebody, but Greg Soto, I mean, a two-time All-Star now, right? But Herter has that ability to throw multiple innings, and he's made it look ridiculously easy in high A West Michigan. He also did that down in Lakeland as well. So this has a chance to be a fast mover. You know, last year around this time, Bo Brisky was still pitching around the class A, maybe the double A level and fast forward. And he's been pitching in major league baseball this year. I don't think it's unheard of that Brant Herter could be on a similar trajectory. Meanwhile, Joey Wentz, wait, does he belong in the West Michigan side? Yes, he does. The Tigers number 10 prospect. Back in the day, acquired for Shane Green from the Atlanta Braves, again, at the trade deadline. So we're talking about maximizing assets. We did it at the top of the show. This is one of those representations. He made a rehab start against the Dragons on Friday with battery mate and eight-year MLB veteran Dustin Garneau, who's also on a minor league rehab assignment. He gave up one run through two innings and struck out three. Meanwhile, Josh Crouch, the focal point of our episode Last week, he ended up missing two games. He was hit by a pitch in the hand in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. I'm pretty sure I saw Nate lean out of the booth going, don't you hurt him. (laughs) He finished three for 11 with a double, a home run and four RBIs. He also drew three walks while striking out just twice in July. He had 297, a 500 slugging percentage, three homers, six doubles, 19 RBIs and This is just the chef's kiss portion of this month of July. More walks than strikeouts. Nine to eight. Well done, sir. Josh Crouch certainly should be considered as a Tigers top 30 prospect and maybe a top 20 and maybe a top 15. Let's go over to Ty Madden, Tigers number four prospect, former 32nd overall pick in last year's draft out of Texas. You know, we've talked a lot about Brant Herter and Ty Madden just casually went out and tossed five shutout innings. He allowed only a hit and then struck out four batters on Wednesday. My personal favorite was when he did this after his victory on Wednesday night against Dayton. We're going to bring a championship to this city. (laughs) Oh, my. Really? Really? Can you play that again? We're going to bring a championship to this city. Wow. (laughs) That was down on the field after his game on Wednesday in West Michigan. Boom. Yeah. Boom. No kidding. That is the most tough act in time, Adam, that we have ever seen. And I think it's also indicative of the fun he's having in West Michigan. They have been 
red hot to start the second half. I know he's been enjoying it. Obviously, who knows if he's there to see the end of it this year, but he's been tremendous. And I think the thing that you get from a statement like that, he's having fun playing baseball. And when a season goes on 120, 132, 140, 162 games, it's easy to stop having fun. Ty Madden doesn't make a statement like that unless he's having fun playing baseball. Let's go to double A Erie. The Seawolves won five out of six. Not too bad themselves over Reading. They currently hold a 17 and nine second half record. One game back of the Bowie Bay Sox for first place in the Eastern League Southwest Division. So they've got an opportunity as well. Dylan Dingler, he's been a focal point over the course of the last week. Maybe getting to that futures game gave him a little bit of a spark. Tigers number two prospect, second rounder in 2020. He was eight for 21. That's almost a 400 batting average last week. A double, three home runs, four runs batted in. On the mound, Austin Bergner, a ninth rounder from North Carolina in 2019, was sharp on Saturday, struck out seven through five innings, gave up a run on three hits. And good for you, Parker Meadows. Number 15 prospect for the Tigers. He had arguably his best week as a professional. Last week, we talked about Wenzel Perez and realized that he is posting the best offensive numbers of his entire minor league career in double A. Slowly but surely, Parker Meadows might be working his way into that conversation too. He was 10 for 19 with a home run and four runs batted in. In July, he hit 275, a slugging percentage near 440, a couple of homers, three triples, two doubles, and seven RBIs. I have a feeling that once we start to get the full scope of what Parker Meadows is as a player, I think it's that line right there. Two homers, three triples, two doubles, seven RBIs. think we're going to see a lot of extra base hits, and Meadows can fly. Parker, to be clear. I know Austin says he's not as fast as his brother, but he can run a little bit too. Let's go to AAA Toledo. The Mud Ends split a six-game series with the Indianapolis Indians. That's a Pittsburgh Pirates AAA affiliate. And Kerry Carpenter, who got promoted from AA to AAA about a month ago, just keeps setting up those nails and hammering away. And Kerry will hit one way up in the air to center field, deep, going back Sowinski, way back, and gone. Kerry Carpenter has number five for the Mud Ends, number 27 on the year, make it four to one. Yeah, you hear that home run? He's done that 27 times this year. Triple <laughs> A and double A combined. He is one of the most easy players to root for in the entire Tigers minor league system. If you haven't heard our conversation with him from episode two, go back and listen to that conversation. But Kerry Carpenter working as hard as he can to get all the success that he's had. Congrats to Kerry. Meanwhile, Spencer Torkelson is down in triple A. He's still trying to get his bearings. It is not easy. It has been a tough season for Spencer Torkelson. It's not easy to learn on the fly, and that's what Spencer was doing in the major leagues this year. Now he's in Toledo trying to get back to basics. We'll see how things look for him as the season wraps up. But he was 4 for 24, had a double and a home run this past week. Meanwhile, Matt Manning made a start down in Toledo, and most importantly, I think he looked healthy. Six strikeouts, five and two-thirds scoreless innings in a 3-0 shutout victory. So many of these pitchers 
have seen injuries derail their seasons this year. So it's nice to talk about guys potentially coming back to Detroit as opposed to leaving Detroit. Those numbers are as good as we've seen Matt Manning post in quite a long time. That's a look at the on-ramp. And now you're all caught up. That's how it works. Our on-ramp gives you everything that happened in the week that was, and then we focus on the best performers of this system. And then after all that, you get Jace Young. Whether it's Jace Young this week or whether it's Scott Pleiss, the Tigers' director of amateur scouting, we're going to have a really important conversation with Scott next week here on the RTD as we zoom out and talk draft philosophy. We also go back and talk about Jackson Job and what his story has looked like after a year has passed since his draft day. So you get Jace Young this week. We'll get Scott Pleiss next week. The only place that you're going to get a deep dive conversation with someone who actually runs drafts in Major League Baseball. We're talking about somebody that actually sets up a real-life draft board for a Major League Baseball team. This is the kind of content you get only on the Road to Detroit podcast. So if you haven't done it before, if you're new to the show, make sure you go down to the podcast page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your show. Give us a five-star rating. It ensures that you'll get more content like this as this podcast progresses. One of the things we do on this show is that whenever we have a guest, for example, Scott Pleiss will join us next week, we go back and listen to the conversation we had the last time he was on this show because this show also serves as a time capsule. So what gets said a year ago may need to be answered for now. So these are the opportunities that we get because of the longevity of this show. And this show doesn't happen without you. If you go on this week and you rate the show a five-star, send us a screenshot. You can find me on Twitter at ThatDanHasty. You can find Nate at Wangler underscore Nathan. Or you can find The Road to Detroit at Road to Detroit. Send us a screenshot. We'll give you a shout during the next episode of The Road to Detroit podcast. It's now time for best in class. Of all the players in the Tigers minor league system, this one made the most noise. Adam Leverett deals, and the first pitch is swung on, lifted fairly deep right field. Ortiz going back at the track, and it bounces off the top of the wall, and it's gone. Touch of all time, Dylan Dingler. That's number nine on the year, and Erie's got its first lead of the game. It's 5-4 here in the eighth inning. You know what this show has lacked this year, Nate Wangler? It's lacked Dingler Dingers. It has. We, we have not had a chance to listen to what made Dingler so fun over the course of his year in the minor league system last year, hit a bunch of bombs in West Michigan, and it's a hard learning curve. There is a reason that catchers take a while making it up to the major leagues. And there's a couple decent catchers in this Tiger system. We haven't talked about Dylan Dingler as much, but we've talked about Josh Crouch a lot. And those two players, one of the better catching tandems throughout minor league baseball. And anybody who's paying attention will know that Josh Crouch will be in those prospect lists sooner than later. But Dylan Dingler is the name we all know. He went to the Futures game. The talent is undeniable. But July was rock solid. He had 250 in July, a 377 on base percentage. It's one of the better OBPs that he's posted since he went to Erie about this time a year ago. 
Also, a 9.13 OPS on base plus slugging has been through the roof for Dingler, mainly because of what he's done this past week. So, shout out to Dylan Dingler. Keep up the good work. This is an important player for the Tigers. You can cover a lot of mistakes as a team if you have a dynamite catcher behind the plate. Offensively, the Tigers had that last year. Didn't as much have it defensively, but they had 40 home runs from the position. But if you have a great catcher, you can make your team so much more competitive. And Dingler's been very good offensively and defensively, and I think they've got something similar down in West Michigan with a guy like Josh Crouch. But Dylan Dingler is our focus this week. He was absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Eight for 21 with a double, three homers, and four runs batted in. Great to see Dylan getting things in order in double A. He's this week's best in class winner. Now let's go to our Dylan Rosa award winner, the famed Dylan Rosa award winner. Nate Wangler has that answer. He also has, I believe, a new haircut. Looking good, by the way. Thank you. You know, every year we do this, we end up finding one or two players that are sleepers. Maybe players we didn't expect to perform as well as they are who rocket themselves into the top 30 rankings in the Tiger system. There are two in my mind that 100% deserve a spot. One of them has it. One of them doesn't. Josh Crouch is number one on my mind. Number two on my mind and the winner of this week's Rosa. He was the winner of last week's Best in Class Award. That's Brant Herter. And he just continues to roll along. And we've talked about the numbers. We mentioned them already. And all told, it was a tough month of June for Brant Herter. A 497 ERA, seven runs given up, and 12 and two-thirds. But this month has been a completely different story in West Michigan. 26 and two-thirds, 31 strikeouts, five walks. He did give up 17 hits, but he stays inside the strike zone in the season numbers so far this year for Brant Herter. You can't deny him. 7-3, and three, a 264 ERA. And I think the best out of all of that is the batting average against this month. 185 for opposing teams facing Brant Herter. He, he, he's simply been dominant. And again, with every single passing great start, you almost wonder how much longer he actually has in this current stop. But I think Brant Herter deserves not only a higher spot on the top 30 rankings, but also this week's Dylan Rosa Award. You know, we've gotten to see him in West Michigan, you and I. One of the takeaways I've had is that I am stunned with how easy he's made this look. You know, it's very easy to miss because Brant Herter has just casually coasted through this entire month with an ERA just barely over one. And he's this big lefty, 6'6", 250. And anybody who watches minor leaguers usually knows with big lefties, it tends to look like this. Innings are solid, low hit total, he walks too many people. That's usually how big lefties look. There's usually, you know, it's it's the Gregory Soto corollary, right? Nobody gets hits, but there are walks, and you got to refine the command. Well, Brand Herter has unusual command. And in 26 innings in July, five walks. Five walks will play no matter what. You know, there's an adage that says that as a pitcher, you can either allow base hits or walk people, but you can't do both. Usually, most pitchers fall into one of those two categories. They usually allow base hits or they walk people. But Brand Herter hasn't done either of those. And that's a reason he's 4-0 and finished with a 1.01 ERA 
in the month of July. I've been stunned with how quickly he has taken to the high A level, and it's a dynamite one-two punch between Herter and Madden over the course of the last couple of weeks. He just hasn't allowed base runners, and we don't want to hold him to this level of expectation, but the fact that we were talking about him each of the last couple of weeks and we continue to talk about him, the more times you're mentioned on this show, the better season you're having. Congrats to Brant Herter. He ends up with the Dylan Rosa Award, and he might end up with a Tigers Minor League Pitcher of the Month Award based on the numbers he's posted in July. And that's a look at best in class. Coming up next, our conversation with Jace Young. Tigers' first-round pick in this year's draft could be a fast mover through the Tigers' system. Our chat with Jace comes up next here on the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Road to Detroit podcast presented by our friends at Carhartt. We have been waiting for this young man, Jace Young, the number 12 overall pick in the 2022 MLB Draft out of Texas Tech. Finally joining us here on the RTD. Jace, where you been? <laughs> oh, just hanging out. Uh, I'm here in Lakeland, Florida right now. Just uh, They're just getting me in mini camp right now, just getting me ready to put in a ball game somewhere. And I know a lot of people are really excited for that. Thank you very much for joining us. I read somewhere that you met with the Tigers a week or two before the draft. And just in the spirit of going chronologically, take me into that situation. Is Alan there? Is it a room full of scouts? What is it? Tell us about that conversation. Yeah, so basically it's um, just all, everybody um, in the scouting department basically was on it. Um, Al was not on it, um, but just about everybody else was on there. Um, and, you know, they just kind of, like, want to get to know how the season went and, you know, how I'm feeling and all this kind of stuff uh, to go along after the season because they had one before the season as well. And um, it was it went so good. I mean, it was probably the best one I've done, you know, through my time at Tech. And uh, we just really enjoyed the conversation, bunch of laughs. And everything during the conversation. So, you know, it was just, it was a good time on that call. Did any of that have anything to do with you apparently had a high school teacher predict that you would eventually be drafted by the Detroit Tigers one day? You know, that's the crazy part. Um, Mr. Philippone, it's just crazy how, I mean, I had him first period uh, every day um, my junior year. And I'd walk in. And uh, sure enough, he'd tell me, you're going to go to the Detroit Tigers, baby. First round, I'm calling it. And it's just weird, you know, just to be here now and, you know, just getting picked by the Detroit Tigers in the first round is kind of crazy. I'm sure there's a lot of laughs in the room. Did you bring that up during that conversation? No, I kind of I didn't want to say anything uh, during that conversation. Um, I was, you know, I was thinking about saying something to him, you know, during that thing, but uh, I was kind of going to save it till after, 
Um, you know, if the time came and they picked me, I was going to freaking, you know, just let them know, like, hey, this guy called it a long time ago and y'all made it happen. So it was just awesome. They didn't ask any wild questions, did they? No, everything was, you know, just asking just about me, you know, just personal life, you know, all kind of stuff. How my brother, you know, just how I how I approach the game, basically, um, at the plate, in the field. Uh, what I'm still doing after the season, you know, I'm a grinder. I like to, I like to stay in shape a lot. Um, so I didn't really stop anything, but yeah, just, you know, questions like that from them. What else did your 10th grade first period teacher predict for your professional baseball career? Oh, he's been texting me nonstop. He's, you know, texting me, Hey, 10 years in the bigs. Oh, Detroit's gonna, Detroit's gonna um, love you. He, he said, you're going to be the new. Uh, Lou Whitaker, and he's texting me. He goes, you're going to bring the joy back to Detroit. I mean, he's so funny. You know, he's just throwing me up and all these text messages like that. You know, I just laugh at him, you know. Um, it's just he's a he's an awesome guy. Um, he's high energy like me. That's why we kind of got along pretty well. He's awesome. Everybody along the way has one or two teachers that really make an impact on them. Is Am I speaking out of turn to assume that Mr. Philippone is yours? Oh, yes. Mr. Philippone is for sure up there, if not first, second. I mean, he's up there. Um, you know, he's just had a huge influence on my life. Uh, it kind of, you know, going to him in his class uh, kind of took the pressure off of it seems about just about anything like school wise, uh, just going in there, you know, he's always grinning, smiling, you know, telling jokes, uh, you know, that's to start out your day of high school of a, of a, um, seven hour day in high school. So, you know, just start off the day every day with him, you know, I tell my parents, you know, just how fun I had in this class, you know, always starting the day off on a positive note was always good. It says a lot that a teacher could make an impression on anyone whose class started at 7.30, 8 a.m., 8.30 in the morning. So he had to be pretty good. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, and I'd always go in there even before school started. I'd always be in his room. And the thing I loved about his room the most is he'd always have a huge fan, and I'd go sit right in front of that fan so I wasn't too hot. And uh, that, was, that was another thing why I loved his room so much is, you know, he always kept it cold in there. So, you know, I, I love the cold, so especially during school. So I always go in there and sit right in front of that fan. Are you okay with playing in 30 and 40 degree weather in Detroit in the months of April and possibly May? I mean, sitting in front of a fan is one thing, but it might feel like a few more fans once you get up to Detroit. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's where the kind of like the adrenaline uh, you get during a game, you know, it kind of kicks in. You know, sometimes you don't really feel that coldness during a game because uh, your adrenaline's just pumping, you know, that heart's going. Um, you got great fans of Detroit there cheering you on, so you kind of really don't feel the cold cold as much, to say the least. Talk to me about adrenaline. I read somewhere that you said, had there been a wall in front of you, you would have ran right through it. Did the Tigers put any wall-crashing provisions in your contract? No, no, that, that wasn't a part of it. But, yeah, I mean, I was just – I was so happy, you know, just to see Detroit pick me. Um, I kind of went into the draft, you know, I was kind of hoping they would. Uh, I don't know why I was hoping I would, but I just thought it would be so special, you know, to go to Detroit. And uh, sure enough, it worked out for us. So what happens now? You sign the deal. What's your understanding of how this works as they've related to you? 
Um, basically, we're just here right now in Lakeland, you know, just going. Basically, I'm here with uh, Angel uh, on Hell, uh, the fielding coordinator, and um, he. We're just going over fundamentals uh, right now. Everybody that got drafted this past year, we're here doing fundamentals. You know, getting that work in every day. Um, today was our off day, but you know, we're just in there. You know, grinding, uh, weight room, fundamentals on the field, in the cages, you know, just trying to, you know, get back in that playing shape. How soon do you think you're playing games? I personally hope soon. Um, I love to play games. Uh, that's my that's my favorite thing in the world um, is to play baseball. So, you know, just whenever they think uh, I'm ready, um, it's not really up to me. Um, if it was up to me, I already started playing. But whenever they tell me to go, I'll be I'll be on my way wherever they tell me to go. Did you feel any bit rusty after that slight layoff after Texas Tech wrapped up? No, not really. Um, I kind of I was still hitting off velo off the machine and everything, um, so I didn't really, you know, take that much time off. Um, I I wasn't too rusty. I was doing a lot of drills I did with my brother before the season, you know, just to kind of get ready for the season, and you know, did those after the season this year, and um, kind of just kept me more in shape for. Uh, you know, starting the professional season. Your brother Josh is a top prospect for the Texas Rangers. I'm sure people have asked you to compare your games, blah, 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 but that's boring. What we want to know is your brother's in his fourth year grinding away in the minors. Give us the scouting report you've received about adjusting to the life that is riding the buses. That's one thing, you know, he doesn't look forward to, but I think the nice thing is now that, you know, they got the – you play a team six games in a row. So there's not a whole lot of traveling. Um, it's just usually two days of traveling. But other than that, he, you know, he, he loves it. Um, he said the bus rides, you know, they can get long, but that's part of the grind. That makes you want to work and get out of there is what he says. He goes, you want to work to try to get to where you're flying everywhere and you're not driving everywhere, so – you know, he, he's working hard, you know, trying to get back to where he was before, before his injury. And, you know, he's doing good right now. Um, he's, I think he had a home run in his last game. So he's, he'll be back soon. It'll be nice. I saw you mentioned you want to be a spark plug in the major leagues someday. <laughs> Someone who rallies the troops. How much does that involve standing at home plate, watching home runs fly out of the ballpark? You know, I think to a certain extent, um, you don't want to, you know, show up the pitcher for sure. Um, you know, I've had some moments where I've I've pimped a couple home runs in college, but uh, I don't think at this level, I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's it's okay to do it. Um, I think you should get out of the box at least, um, you know, just kind of get around the bases a little bit, show a little respect to the pitcher, but a little bat, little bat flip never hurts, um, and that's, Maybe that maybe that's what gets if that's what gets a team fired up. You know, I'm happy to do it. Um, if they want to jump off their seats, uh, if I bat flip, then I'll I'll do whatever they want me to do. We're talking to Jace Young here on the Road to Detroit podcast. Tigers first round pick number twelve overall in the 2022 MLB draft. So I went back and I watched some of your highlights from Texas Tech. My first thought was, okay, this guy rakes. But secondly, and not far after that was. Look at that stance. I mean, this game has gotten stale in terms of unique batting stances. So 
how did you come up with yours? And do you have anybody that you think that looks like? So uh, my freshman year, I came in any normal hitter, uh, bat straight up. And a coach named Ray Hayward with Texas Tech kind of came in and said, hey, what do you think about uh, laying it down a little bit? You know, be longer through the zone, more bat lag, um, can hit all parts of the zone. And uh, he's going through all these positives. And, you know, I'm thinking there, like, why? Why doesn't everybody do this? Um, so, you know, it was kind of a thing, you know, that COVID break really helped me because I just, we were in the cages every day practicing that swing over and over and over again. I kind of got used to it um, and went to Santa Barbara, had a good summer, came back uh, in the spring and, you know, had a good spring and just kind of fell in love with that swing and, you know, little bitty tweaks here and there, you know, help it a lot. But that's that's really where it started was Coach Hayward. Um, he didn't really say anybody, you know, it looks like. But I've, I saw a couple couple things on the draft night uh, after the Detroit picked me. And those, I mean, those those guys were pretty pretty up there, you know, with my stance. Uh, they kind of look alike. Some of them do. But, no, it was really never after somebody. It was just kind of a, hey, let's try this. So few guys hit like you. And even fewer guys coach that. So, how do you fine-tune this? How do you tweak that? Basically, it's rhythm and timing. Uh, that's what makes, you know, a great hitter's uh, rhythm and timing, making sure you have that every time you get up in the box. Um, a little wiggle with my bats, my hands, you know, just activate my hands with a little bit of wiggle. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, body motion uh, with the whole body, you know, a little bit of toe tap with the front if you need that. Just small little changes like that can always help your swing and uh, help you be on time to every pitch. For me, the answer to this question is Sammy Sosa, Juan Gonzalez, and Mickey Tendleton. So a lot of guys you probably never saw play live. But for you, <laughs> whose stances did you used to imitate growing up? Um, you know what's funny is I used to do Corey Seegers a lot. I try to do Corey Seegers, Bryce Harper's. Uh, that's about it. Uh, maybe Mike Trout, everybody, you know, everybody's trying to hit like Mike Trout, but I think that would be, you know, the most I've tried to hit like, or, you know, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I, you know, his used to hit like Kevin Euclid when he was with the with Boston, you know, cause I was just so funky. You'd always try that one, but those are about it. So Kevin Euclid, as much as I could not stand him in games that he played against Detroit, was always this guy that you just sit back and go, that guy's really good. Tell me that there's some similarities between you and you. Yeah, there might be a couple. Um, you know, I'm sh I'm sure he, he likes to get after it just like me. Uh, I'm not. I haven't watched a whole lot of Euclid, but uh, just you know, sometimes you know, pop on MLB the show and see him hitting against the Yankees or some big game, and it's just funky stance. Um, I think we, you know, bring the energy to the table for sure. You're going to play second base, and you're going to have many instructors in the Tiger system, but only one of them became a Hall of Famer as a member of the Detroit Tigers, and that's Alan Trammell. What have you learned about Tram since being selected, and how much are you looking forward to, if you haven't already, to work with him? Uh, I think I got here a couple days after he was here working with him, so I, I missed him by a second. 
But um, hopefully he comes back. You know, I can work with him maybe this week. But I've heard some great things. I, I heard he loves to get after it, you know, on the field. He loves the fundamentals as well. You know, and just trying to make us better ball players. That's all you can ask for from a Hall of Famer is, you know, trying to help the young guys. And it'll be in- interesting and fun to work with him for sure. The Tigers are in the process of retiring the number of another great second baseman in their team's history, Lou Whitaker, and his number one. So, obviously, in your former teacher had already mentioned Lou Whitaker. What do you know about Sweet Lou? You know, I, I saw that, you know, the Keystone kids, I, you know, I read a couple articles on the Keystone kids and, you know, how they used to dominate uh, up the middle together. And, you know, you know, coming in with Peyton, we kind of played together in Santa Barbara. And, you know, my dad, after I got drafted, he, you know, he said, let's be the next Keystone kids up the middle. So, you know, just bringing the energy, making those plays in the field and uh, hitting the ball hard and, you know, getting on base for guys to drive us in. What number, if you had your way, would Jace Young be wearing as a pro? Man, if I had the choice, you know, obviously I would be wearing number two, but I think that one's really retired. I think when the meeting we had the other day, I saw numbers retired, and I think it said two, so I'm going to have to figure out a different number now. (laughs) Yes, the number two is, in fact, retired. That's Charlie Gehringer, who played many, many years ago. He was known as the Mechanical Man. He was also a second baseman once upon a time. He was a 19-year Detroit Tiger. So that one's taken. So if that one's taken, what are you going to do? Oh man, we're we're gonna be in uh, scramble mode. Um, we're just gonna, you know, whatever. Just making it up there, you know. I'll just be happy if they put a number on my back. They could give me whatever number, uh, maybe single digit, maybe single digit something. But whatever they put on my back, that's fine. You know, they're gonna give you something in spring training one year, like eighty three, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, my brother's been seventy nine the past couple spring trainings, so I think. I mean, it's just part of, part of the process. Uh, everybody's got to go through it. So you mentioned Peyton Graham. You played in the California Collegiate League, and you not only played with Peyton Graham, but you roomed with the guy. How does this happen where the guy that you roomed with far before you ever had thoughts of getting drafted, now all of a sudden he could be your roommate once again? It's crazy. He's actually my roommate right now. Um uh, I mean, he's in the other bed right now, um, probably watching TikTok or something like that. But uh, it's crazy. Um, you know, we were talking about it the other day. It's it's just crazy that we're here together, coming from two years ago in Santa Barbara, and now now we're you know Detroit Tigers together uh, and teammates once again. You know, it's kind of fun. You know, we got along well. Uh, we did a lot of things together in Santa Barbara. Um, he's a hell of a ball player. He likes to get after it just like me. And uh, I think our energy will be contagious one day. It has to be helpful to get into your new living situation with somebody you've already lived with. How much of that taking care of itself has helped you over the last two weeks? Oh, it's so nice. You know, I came in knowing, you know, who I'm going to get as my roommate. You know, he knows who he's getting as a roommate. You know, we just we get along very well. Um, We go to dinner together, you know. We do a lot of things together. Um, it's just nice just knowing basically who who each other are. I um, mean, not, not having to, you know, prove something to each other. Like, we already know. We've played against each other, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. And, 
played together in Santa Barbara. Now we're going to be playing again together as uh, Detroit Tigers. Describe to us what we should expect and what the Tigers are getting in what you've seen from Peyton Graham. Peyton, he's a he's a hard worker. Um, he's going to grind. He's going to grind out of bats. Um, he's not going to take many pitches off um, in the field. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's got a bazooka. Um, he's going to throw that thing across the diamond. He's going to make plays, diving plays. He's going to get dirty, and uh, he's just going to be a dirt ball. You know, he's going to always, you know, try to be there and make plays for the team. And, you know, he's going to try to be a spark plug as well at the plate. I think I've watched him at Oklahoma. He did that for them. And, you know, I kind of did that for Texas Tech. And uh, I think we'll be pretty good together in the same lineup again. How much time do you guys have having practice turning double plays? We have uh, about five minutes. You know, we're looking pretty good right now turning double plays together. Um, it's looking pretty solid. I think uh, – with a little bit more practice and a little bit more time together, I think we'll, you know, look even more better. What of the things he can do and the things you can do, what's something that he can do that you're envious of? I would say he's got freaking wheels. I mean, that's one thing that I wish, you know, I took from him and I had. Um, he's one of those guys, like, like has God-given speed. Um, he gets down the line fast. Um, he runs fast, and you know that's one thing I wish I had. But he's got it, and uh, he's he's fast on that line. I will tell you that. I mean, you do have a ten to two stolen base to caught stealing ratio. That's not shabby. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you also got more walks and strikeouts, which I know a lot of people will be really excited about. All right, so <laughs> now we know Peyton on the field, and. I'm just blown away that he was your roommate then and now he's your roommate now. So before we let you go, the people are begging for one Peyton Graham story. Give us a sense of your teammate. The funniest thing I think that ever happened between us is so our host mom has a car and it's a stick shift. And me and Peyton, we didn't, we didn't take a car to Santa Barbara. He flew in. I drove in with my parents. My parents drove home. So we get there, and she goes, "Yeah, y'all can use that car. Um, it's a stick shift." So we're, you know, we're over there trying to figure out the stick shift uh, before we even pull it out of the uh, driveway. So we start. Well, Peyton's dad comes over, and he's he's going to teach us. So he's in there, and he's making it look easy. He's going up and down, you know, side to side. He's looking. He's looking good, really good driving this. I'm like, dang, that looks so easy. So we get up there, and Peyton gets up there first, and he's driving. And I mean, he, so like, he's trying to press the gas and the clutch at the same time, and the car just turns off. It turns off. I mean, you got people honking at us, and they don't realize, like, we're all crying, laughing. Like, we have stopped so many times. And then eventually one time, a grandma is driving past us in Santa Barbara, and she's flicking us off, and it was the funniest thing, you know, that I think I've ever seen. It's a grandma flicking us off and saying, drive your car. Um, so that was probably the funniest thing. I mean, we're looking at her, and Peyton's dad going, hey, calm down. And it was it was so funny, that grandma yelling, yelling at all of us in there. Because we were just stopped in the middle of the road, like nonstop. 
And it was, I mean, we had a line. I bet you we had a line all the way to San Diego from Santa Barbara because we did not know how to drive and we'd stop so many times. That that was probably the funny, funniest thing in the world. You just had to be there. If you were a fly on the wall, you probably would have died of laughter. It was so funny. What kind of road was this? Where is this happening? How much traffic are you stopping? We're in Santa Barbara, and it's about, oh, gosh, um, UCSB. It's about, it's in the hills. So it's in the hills. We're going up and down hills. And that's supposedly that's the worst way to learn stick shift. Supposedly you need to learn on a flat road. <clears throat> and we're going through the hills. And I, I kid you not, there might have been 40 to 50 cars behind us. And on a single lane road, too. So there was no going around us. And we just kept stopping. I mean, we were we were laughing so hard. And then, you know, cars were honking, uh, flicking us off as they tried to get around us. Um, it was it was funny. I mean, it was a fun time. They had no idea that we had no idea how to drive. Um, but it was fun. It was That was a good time right there. That was a good time. Did Peyton ever figure out how to drive a stick? Oh no, we uh, we got back to uh, the the host family's house, uh, Miss Songner's house, and we did not touch that car the rest of the time we were there. Um, we we knew if we grabbed that car, we were in trouble. Well, grandmas don't play. Is there any message you'd like to tell to the grandmothers of Metro Detroit? Uh, if I if I ever get a stick shift car, you just don't yell at me. Just just act like you don't see me. I'll act like I won't see you, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I stop in front of you if I got a stick shift car. <laughs> He's working very hard to win over I, the grandmothers of Metro Detroit. <laughs> yes, yes. I will try to get out. I will personally get out there and move the car if I if I can. <laughs> Jace, this has been phenomenal. We're so excited to meet you. We're so excited for the fact that you're the number 12 overall pick in the draft. Best of luck for whatever the Tigers have in store for you over the course of the next days, weeks, months, and we look forward to seeing you throughout the system. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Road to Detroit. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is Jace Young here on the Road to Detroit. Our thanks to Jace Young for being part of this edition of the Road to Detroit podcast. Coming up next week, we've got another special guest. But first, let's do the road ahead. Lakeland will be home for six games. They host Dunedin. That's a low-A team for the Toronto Blue Jays. While West Michigan, they stay in the state of Michigan. They travel to Lansing to face the Lugnuts. That's the high-A team for the Oakland Athletics, another team that has loaded up on prospects over the course of this season. Athletics have, of course, sold a lot of their major league talent, so they've invested quite a bit at the minor league level. Tyler Soderstrom, the number one prospect in the A's organization, actually was in Lansing and hit 20 homers this season. But just before we recorded this episode, Tyler Soderstrom was promoted to double-A Midland. So congratulations to him, and I'm sure the Whitecaps are very happy for his success. And also because they don't have to see him this week. Over to Double A Erie, they face off against Portland, so they've got the Sea Dogs on the road. Double A for the Red Sox, while Toledo's on the road in Iowa. They're going to Des Moines to face the Iowa Cubs. That's a Triple A team of the Chicago Cubs. And that's a look at the road ahead, and that's another edition of the Road to Detroit podcast, episode eight here in season three. Don't forget to make sure you download these episodes. Give us that five star rating because it's the only way we guarantee. 
We'll be back to continue giving you behind-the-scenes Tigers content that you just don't get anywhere else. Coming up next week on the RTD, Scott Place, the man responsible for making the picks in each and every MLB draft. He's been with the Tigers for quite a long time. You know he's been running the Tigers draft board for the last 12 seasons? That's 12 years. That's a decade-plus worth of drafts. He's been behind the picks of guys like Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson and Tarek Skubal. So next week will provide us an opportunity to have a big-picture conversation, to talk about draft philosophy with somebody who does it on a professional level. We'll talk about Tarek Skubal. We'll talk about Riley Green, Jackson Job, and of course, Jace Young, who he selected in the first round this year. We'll get a little bit of an idea about what they saw from Jace Young and how far back that history goes. And we'll also hear about Peyton Graham, Troy Melton as well, who was taken in the fourth round out of San Diego State. So that comes up next week, and that puts a cap on this edition of the Road to Detroit podcast. So we'll talk to you next week. If not, maybe we'll even talk to you If not, maybe we'll even talk to you a little bit sooner. The MLB trade deadline is right around the corner. We'll be certainly keeping a very close eye on what the Detroit Tigers do. And if there are any new faces headed back for the Tigers organization, we will make sure to give you the latest here on the RTD. For our producer, Nate Wangler, my name is Dan Hasty. You've been listening to the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. And until next time. See ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future. Trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you.